it going? You doing okay? I, I asked that question not just to be polite, because, but I really want to check on you. How are you doing? Because if you're anything like me, you've been on a roller coaster of emotions just all over the place. I was uh, getting Passover supplies last week, and I found myself uh, going through this crazy emotional time. I, I was excited for Passover. I uh, got my little card. I had to go to a couple of different stores and pick up the lamb and pick up all of that stuff. And, and I went from this excitement for Passover to, I just want to punch somebody in the face, to sad, to depressed to, I can't believe we're going through this. And it was just all these emotions. And I came home so much more sad than I left. I actually left with some excitement, some passion. See, here's the, here's the deal, guys. Um, if you're not experiencing a roller coaster of emotions right now, there's probably something wrong. Any Christian who says they've never struggled with discouragement or despair is lying. In a world where we are you know, encouraged not to hug each other, not to touch each other, in a world where we're encouraged to stay home and to stay put, in a world where, we're, where many of us can't do our jobs, in a world where our kids are at home <laughs> doing online learning, going through their own emotions and driving us all up the wall, in a world where financial insecurity is coming, in a world where this global ticker counts every day, the amount of people infected, the amount of people who have died, the amount of people who have recovered. In a world where we don't know when all of this is going to end, it is easy to give in to the emotions of depression, sadness, and maybe even fall into despair. The four of us, uh, pastors Aaron, Ryan, and Justin and I, we are using this uh, software called Slack to help each other, to kind of track along with the messages and helping each other write each message. And if you've ever used Slack, you have to create a hashtag to, to create a new thread of conversation. And uh, the, my hashtag for this message was supposed to be hope over despair. But I had this kind of Freudian slip moment, and I hashtagged it despair over hope. Uh, I don't know what I was going on in, in my heart and in my mind in that moment, but maybe that is what you're experiencing. Maybe, maybe despair seems a little bit stronger than hope in this moment. I, I know when this whole corona experience started, we, we almost had this communal excitement, right? This, this uh, optimism. We got this. We can do this. We can handle it. But as we continue to go through week and week after this, we begin to experience a fear fatigue, and it's slowly replacing those high hopes with depression and despair because the honeymoon is over. <laughs> Our world just isn't right. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. It doesn't act right. I mean, something is off. And last week, uh, Aaron told us the importance about semantics or defining our words and how we define our words define how we live. And I think that is just so true. Despair literally means the complete loss or absence of hope. And there are many in our world who are struggling with despair. And when we lose hope, man, we make some really bad decisions, some self-destructive decisions. I mean, why bother? You know, what's the point? What do I have to lose? There's just no hope. And we begin to make a rash of unhealthy decisions. And we start running from our responsibilities. And we start looking for someone to blame. And we lose perspective. Despair is a heart killer. It just does. 
Now, the word hope in our language communicates, and in fact, Webster's puts it this way. It says, a desire for a certain thing to happen. See, we use the word hope as a, I hope so. It's a, a maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't happen sort of thing. But that is not the biblical definition of hope. The Greek word for hope that we find in the New Testament is el peace. And its definition is a joyful confidence, an expectation of good. It's not a hope it happens, but a belief, a confidence that it will happen. See, wishing is not hope. Positive thinking is not hope. Hope in the Bible refers to a sure thing that's anchored by the promises and the character of God himself. It gives us a joyful expectation to live in a confidence even when we don't know exactly the future because we know the end of the story. (laughs) We may not know our future, but we do know who holds the future. We can't see the end, but we know the end, right? But despair blinds people to the possibility that God has better days ahead. In the book of Job, it says, those who forget God have no hope. See, that's what Satan wants to do when we face situations. He wants to convince us that it is hopeless. And he wants to reach into our heart and, and, and carve out hope and replace it with despair. And despair replaces our joy and fear replaces our faith and insecurities replace our confidence and anxiety replaces our prayers. And we lose our ability to dream for the future. And that's a lousy way to live. Charles Allen, pastor, said this, when you... Say a situation or a person is hopeless, you're slamming the door on the face of God. Man, (laughs) despair is just so certain that things aren't going to get any better. But our God is a God who is in the hope business. Hope is what he does. There is nothing and no one beyond God. Paul writes it this way in Romans chapter 15. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. What an incredible prayer. In in fact, let's do this. Let's pray that right now. I want to pray that over you right now. Father God, I pray to you. You are the source of all hope. Will you fill completely everyone listening with joy and with peace Because we trust you. And then we're going to hold on to this promise you give us right here, God, that we will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. See, there is always hope. In fact, God tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. Faith and love get a whole lot of attention. But no one ever really spends a lot of time talking about hope. And yet God puts it in his top three essentials for human life, hope. Someone way smarter than me said this. We can live 40 days without food, three days without water. We can live eight minutes without air, but we cannot live a single second without hope. Hope changes everything. Hope is the cure for despair. The psalmist writes this. It says, from the depths of despair, O Lord, I call for your help. In another place, the psalmist says, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. 
This is what God does. He's the bringer of hope. And when you have hope, the impossible actually starts to look possible. Defeat actually starts to look like it could turn into a victory. Difficult things begin to look like they might actually be possible. Courage replaces fear, strength chases powerlessness away, and hope arrives on the scene. The power of hope. The wisdom of the Proverbs tells us this. In the same way, wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, you will have a bright future and your hopes will not be cut short. <laughs> Another proverb says, the hope, hopes of the godly results in happiness. Another one, the hopes of the godly will be granted. And yet another one, your hope will not be disappointed. See, hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is a confidence in our God. I have several convictions I live with in my life, but here's just two of them. One, I think as followers of Jesus, we ought to be the most realistic people on the planet. I mean, we need to know what's going on. But just, and just because we're followers of Jesus doesn't mean that we're immune or exempt from any of the problems of life. Faith does not make us out of touch with reality in any way. But here's two. At the same time, I, I think we ought to also be the most optimistic people on the planet. I mean, we believe in the resurrection. We just celebrated it last week. And if Jesus can raised from the dead, then all bets are off in any given situation. The resurrection <laughs> redefines what is possible and not possible. And so with God, there is no such thing as a hopeless situation. <laughs> a person who has hope is truly unstoppable. See, despair sees right now. Despair gets trapped in today or despair gets trapped in the past. Despair looks at what is, but hope says, what could be here? What could happen? And it sees all sorts of endless possibilities because hope creates the future. Hope believes in a future that is possible instead of resigning to a current situation. See, I, I know people who have put their hope in the past, and because they put their hope in their past situations, they're hopeless for the future. I'm starting to hear that all the time I, from a phrase that people say, I can't wait until things get back to normal. Let me ask you a question. Was normal really all that great? I mean, all those things we were complaining about before Corona, we want to go back to those things? Or maybe perhaps we want to do something different. I want to challenge you. What you are experiencing right now may be the greatest gift in your life. No, no not the deaths, not, not the viruses, not the, the fallout that this is call, causing, but from what many are call, calling the great pause what this crisis has given us is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to see ourselves, to see our lives, to see the world in a whole new way. In no other time ever in our lives have we ever gotten the opportunity to see what would happen if the world just simply stopped. And yet here it is. We're in it, and it has brought to light a bunch of beautiful things and a bunch of painful truths about how we live life, and it feels weird it's weird because it's never happened before, but this is our chance, our chance to redefine or have a new version of normal. It is a rare and truly sacred opportunity to get rid of all of the crap on our lives and to make our lives truly richer, to make our kids happier, to make us live a life that we're proud of. Nobody goes forward by looking in the back. Stop looking through the lens of regret and despair and start looking through the lens of hope. What could this become? How could our lives change? 
See, this is what I love about Jesus. He doesn't look at people like they are. He's like, this is what you are. He, he sees in them what they could become because he sees through the lens of hope. And everything changes when we start asking these questions. What could this become? What could happen here? What could God be doing? And when we start to ask these questions, God, what are you up to? Then hope begins to shift inside the human spirit and we get to gain some confidence Confidence not in our stuff, but in his stuff. And hope begins to grow, and it creates a future vision for your life and a confidence to seize that future. Show me a parent of a teenager who's focused on what their kid is like right now, and I will, see you, uh, I will show you a discouraged parent. Show me a parent who's focused on what his or her teenager could become, and I will show you a hopeful parent. Show me a husband or wife focused on what their marriage is at right now, and often I'll show you a discouraged person. But show me a couple that is focused on what their marriage could become, anything is possible, then I will show you a hopeful marriage. Show me a Christian focused on their spiritual life right now, and in all likelihood they might be discouraged by things that are not happening in their spiritual journey. But give me a Christian who's focused on what could God be doing in my life, and I will show you a hopeful Christian. See, that's the power of hope. Hope creates the future. With hope and by faith, we don't see our lives, we don't see the world, we don't see our situations as they are. We see them as they could be and it gives us hope god has given us all sorts of spiritual blessings so how is it that we embrace hope how do we live in hope i want to give you three things i want to break it down into three chunks one we need a heart of hope two we need the eyes or the lens of hope and three we need to be the voice of hope first the heart of hope <laughs> this is an internal battle that you and i have to fight because hope is a way of life. It's refusing to give up on hope. It's refusing to, to see the worst in people. It's refusing to, to accept things as they are. It fights despair. Now, this is extremely hard to do in our lives and in our society right now, especially if you're on social media. It's hard to do at your job, especially if you're in the great pause. It's hard to do and watch the news because it's so depressing. It's hard to do and have a really good conversation with somebody in despair. The truth is you're going to be surrounded by people who are filled with despair and discouragement and negativity and they see no hope. You are always going to be on the receiving end of hopeless messages, but you've got to fight against that. It's actually easier to live a life in despair than it is to live a life in hope because hope requires you to fight. Quitting is easy. And so you got to fight the temptation. you got to fight that magnetic pull, that gravitational force of despair and surround yourself with hope and embrace hope. And that may require you to turn off certain voices in your life, social media, the news, a variety of things, because whoever informs you forms you. And you're going to have to turn up those voices that are going to fill your life with hope. Because your future is too important, your family matters too much to allow your heart to be drained of hope. Take time to charge and make some changes. <laughs> Take this time of change and make some change, right? St uh, spend more time with your kids. Spend more time with your partner. Spend more time listening to worship music. Spend more time reading God's word. Spend more time napping. Yes, nap. Uh, all those things you wanted to do that you've never had time to do, well, here it is. 
You got time to do it. Do it. See, your heart matters. Spend time filling your heart with hope. And hope's not easy to hold on to. Life is going to try to suck that out of you. So fight the good fight. And hope always is found in God. I, I love at the end of David's life, David um, had a heck of a life. He had all sorts of problems and difficulties. But he always knew where his rock was, where his refuge was, his protection, his safety. It was always in God. So he writes this in 2 Samuel. He says, my God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, my place of safety. He is my refuge and my savior. See, as you hold on to hope in your heart, it's going to change how you see the world around you. See, the second key to living in hope is having a lens or a vision of hope. See, when your heart is shaped by hope, you will not just see problems. You'll see endless opportunities and possibilities. And regardless of what you're seeing now, you'll begin to see what could this become. And we begin to see God moving in this situation. In fact, start with this. With every situation you see, ask the hope-filled question, what can this become? God, what are you doing in this? God, help me to see what you are doing because I know you're up to something. What can this become, God? Have a joyful expectation of good, which is the definition of hope. And when you have that expectation, you'll begin to see the hope. You'll begin to see the best in people. You'll start giving people second chances and the benefit of the doubt. You'll give grace instead of judgment first. You'll have a confidence over worry, faith over fear, joy over sorrow. Refuse to accept anything less. I'm going to be optimistic. Optimistic is faith. That's what Hebrews tells us in 11. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. He gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. See, when you allow your mindset, your worldview to be shaped by the dynamic process of faith, hope, and love, your mind will be filled with endless opportunities. It'll be only visible by faith, by the rich beauty and wonder visible only by hope. <clears throat> by the richness and depth available only through love, then the future becomes everything God intended it to be. Because when you see the world through God's eyes, you will see so much more. Third way to live in hope is to be the voice of hope. <laughs> hope is one of the things that is meant to be shared. In fact, that's the only way that you can spread hope and the only way that you can build hope inside of yourself is by sharing it with others. you got to experience the hope of other people's stories and give your story of hope. God has come through in your life in so many ways. Do you think that miracle was just for you? No, it wasn't. God gave you that miracle so that you could share it with someone else. Speak it. Share it. It is through times of sharing that God has shown up. Uh, that It's through those times of sharing that God shows up and does even more things. Because hope is contagious. And by speaking hope, your hope will make the world a better place. Hope is how we battle despair. Allow your hope to encourage and inspire other people. Man, the world needs more voices speaking hope. Be a champion of hope. Be a voice of hope. If you want to embrace hope, man, you got to pick hope's side. Imagine if each person today who is just simply whining and complaining about life would instead take that same energy that they're using in negativity and instead speak hope. What a world it would be. It'd be so much different. Imagine what would happen in your life if you woke up in the morning energized with hope, consumed by love, and empowered by faith. How much would your life change? 
See, when you stand for these things, life, life changes. When you fill your heart with hope and you see hope and you speak hope, the world changes. Hope defeats despair. And this is a fight worth fighting. So even in those moments when I feel down, this is where I'm going to stand. Because this is who I am. This is the life that I have chosen and I will not run. I am going to stand on the hope of God. I will not allow despair to move me from where I should be to where it wants me to live. In fact, I would rather die facing the challenge of living a life filled with hope than running from hope and living a life of despair. Too many people are fighting the future instead of fighting for the future. To fight for the future, we've got to have hope. It's got to be our battle cry. Will you join me in this battle for hope? I want to pray just a, a blessing over you right now. And I'm going to be using Paul's words in Romans chapter 12. And so, so please receive this blessing. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would bless every person listening. That, Lord, we would take your word and we would embrace it and we would honor it. When you say, love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Love you, my friends. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. <laughs>